This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. It's time for football. Salah. Let's take Cancelo. That's brilliant from Mo Salah. And still, Salah. Oh, sensational. Absolutely sensational. Just for kicks on BFM 89.9. Hello and welcome to Just for Kicks. We have an absolutely packed show today. Mostly Premier League, but we're going to be starting with the Malaysia Cup final. And our three guests can can help us learn, well, help me learn about what football actually is. Uh, we have Sean Malhotra. Hi, hi. Nice to be on two shows in one week. <laughs> oh, yeah, he's bragging. And we have Asran Rosain. It's been a fantastic week. Liverpool winning and I've got one of my favourite players next to me, so... Nothing can be better, right? And that player is Stephen Gerrard. Uh, <laughs> no, it's not Stephen Gerrard. <laughs> Giancarlo Galafuco. Thank you, Cam, for saying my full name. Thank you, Azran, and thank you for having me, guys. Oh, it's a pleasure. We have a rare situation, uh, no, unique situation, where we have um, a player for a club and a fan in Azran for the same club. Um, I don't think we've ever had that otherwise. Uh, so uh, I mentioned the Moshe Cup final which is going to start at nine o'clock mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. so in 50 minutes 50 minutes time and uh well how's it gonna you, Giancarlo you're supposed to be there mm-hmm. but uh <laughs> thank you for starting this off on a very sour note <laughs> but yes. uh, you're not there yes. so how, how do you think it's gonna go what are you looking out for uh me and Azra was speaking before and uh I think I think this might be the ingredients are there for it to be as close to even as possible because of the state of the field. So obviously I'm sure everyone has seen online, but Booker Jalil's field is not in the greatest condition. And if that wasn't the case, I would have been saying to you, this is going to be an easy game. Johor have much better players and they will win. Tarangana will go out, give it their best. Congratulations on being getting there, but the game is over. But when you have a, let's just say a poor pitch or a pitch that doesn't, you know, it evens out everything. It's an incredible equalizer. And uh, I say that from a team that benefits from it all the time because our stadium, our home, our fortress has a very mediocre field <laughs> and we placed in our favor. We love it. We love every poor bounce. We love every bit of sludge because it can take teams that are better than us or better playing than us and bring it down to our level and then we have to fight equally. So for me, I look at this Malaysia Cup final, it's so exciting now because of this situation. In saying that, Johor are a ridiculously good team, ridiculously good team. But you never know. Yeah. Asran, you uh, did you concur with that? Yeah, I echo what um, DJ has to say. And especially it's raining now, so that adds another dimension to it. So Johor is not able, JDT isn't able to play their free-flowing football mm-hmm. like they used to. But what I'm concerned, really concerned about is also as a Malaysian fan, JDT obviously produces a number of players for the national team mm-hmm. and the Asian Cup is very near. So a condition like today might not be in the best interest of the national team. Hopefully... I hope, really, really pray and hope that nothing happens to any of our major players. RF Ayman, Matthew Davis. I mean, a number of these players would be critical for the national team. Uh, but again, it's going to be an exciting game. As what Gigi mentioned today, if I was a Trunganu fan, this is probably the best chance 
to break that 22 year old 22 years old hoodoo that they've had they've been very very close i think a couple of years ago we remember they were leading against perak losing in well yeah, drawing extra right. time yeah. losing on penalties a lot yeah. of drama with all the celebrations or unnecessary yeah, celebrations yeah, do you right. remember that's uh, I think, so yeah. Trangano, I'll, i'll probably um, fancy yeah. tonight really you could mm. yeah i mean you're going to say trangano you're going to say i mean come on one way or the other let's go for it i've seen gg was part of mm. a magical night two years ago let's let's have another magical night okay uh, uh, gg i mentioned earlier you're supposed to be there yeah. but uh, y- you suffered a pretty big injury mm. uh, in the semifinal and uh, h- how is it going thank you for asking um, it's okay it's okay it's a strange a very strange injury to be honest because it doesn't come with a lot of pain uh, mm. but it comes with such a high risk So uh, just to be clear someone uh put a head on your cheek <laughs> yes. at high speed and broke the bones in your cheek. Yes, so I have three uh minor breaks in my cheekbone and one is very close to a nerve near my eye and unfortunately in this next two months if I have any bad clashes it could affect my eyesight for the rest of my life. So the risk is so high. Yeah. And that's why it sounds so crazy because just like you beautifully did and like everybody does who cares for me and I'm grateful you all asked me I feel no pain so it's a really strange injury I don't have any aches you, or pain but you got a mask now I mean you're not wearing a mask right I can, now I can basically train my body feels fine it's just this looming worst case scenario which yeah. then takes me away from all the games. Yeah. The clash did look nasty though. I mean, if you were yeah. watching it on TV, it was nasty. Yeah, but it was nasty. But Azran, he broke it. <laughs> 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 he broke his head. Yeah. Um, <laughs> aside from that, Gigi, how's the season been now that it's uh, wrapping up? Yeah, it's it's a it's a strange it's a strange one, you know, because unfortunately in football, it's a lot uh, what have you done for me lately? Um so the last couple months i don't feel like we played as good as we could have um and that's purely i'm saying that as a person who participated in the games but also i'm i'm a major fan of my club i think everybody knows that so i i knew that we i look at my teammates and i know sometimes that the game could have gone better we could have played better they could have represented themselves better but in the end we are away to coaching this week this weekend And if we win these last two games, we're most likely going to be sixth. It's the first time Kale's been sixth three years in a row in about 35 years. Mm-hmm. So, would you deem that a successful season? Also earlier this year, we got to a FA Cup final and went toe to toe with the biggest club in the country that pays 25,000 trillion more than we do. <laughs> and we went toe to toe till the 70th minute. So for me, at their at, ground at that. At, at their at their home. So for me as a proud Sampai Mati Kuala Lumpur, City Boy, I think it was a successful season. Well, let's ask a fan, Azran. Definitely. I concur with Gigi. I mean, Are I you never would have thought. That? No, no, I said thanks to Gigi being part of the team that, you know what? I mean, when I was a young kid in primary school, when I went to three finals in a row when we reached the Malaysia Cup, I waited for a long time before we reached another <laughs> Malaysia Cup. Finally, we did it and won against JDT two years ago. Mm-hmm. After that, the final of the FC, the final of the, of the FA Cup has been great, amazing. But now I think it's a bit of a changing of the guard with Boyan leaving. Yeah. Kevin has gone to um, follow Boyan. Um, 
Yeah, but hopefully more successful seasons to come. Yeah. Okay, and uh, and in the successful seasons to come, me and Sean will come and join you. You better, yeah, because you yeah. did lie to me about the semi final. I wonder. I, I, I yeah, was on, on I was, air. Everybody I, heard. You I was lied. on a plane. I was wow. on a plane. I was wishing you luck. I was as I sat back and ate my satay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, um, okay. And in a moment, though, we're going to carry on, and we're going to be looking. Pretty much at the uh, Premier League matches that happened during the week and looking forward to the weekend. And also maybe we touch on a little bit of Italy as well here on Just for Kicks on BFM 89.9. More football when we come back. Just for Kicks, BFM 89.9. Just for Kicks on BFM 89.9. And we're back with myself, Sean, Azran and Gigi. And now we're going to talk about one of the most, I don't know, kind of remarkable matches I've seen for a long time. Aston Villa won Manchester City Nil, and it was almost like a ten nil, one nil. If you know what I mean. Yeah. Twenty two shots. Twenty two shots versus two. Yeah, and those two shots were in the same ten seconds. Kind of yeah, thing. pretty much. And uh, Sean, um, yeah. Aston Villa absolutely dominated. Yeah, I mean. The thing is, I at the same time, uh, United's game was on, so obviously I wasn't watching this game, but someone sent me that screenshot of Villa having 22 shots against City's 2, and I think I might be the only person on this planet where I went and literally just, oh, okay, I was not surprised, because nothing about Manchester City over the last four or five games, and I'm talking about the league here, has given me any confidence that they were going to come close to playing against Villa. Defensively, they've looked a shambles. In this game, they were all over. Yeah, they were all over the place. And the thing is, 1-0 is a massive flattery towards City here. Villa could have scored many more. I think they hit the post twice. They hit the crossbar. City had their two chances in the space of 10 seconds. And Emi Martinez, full credit to him, pulled off an amazing, the first save. But we've been talking about Villa aside from the first game against Liverpool at the start of the season, they've been playing really well all the way up to this point. So the fact that they've outplayed City in a ground that they've not lost in for 13 games before this, this is their 14th win in a row at home, right? The way they played, it's no surprise. This is a team that looks on the rise while City look like they're having a the treble fatigue, if you want to call it yeah. that. Certain players haven't gelled well. I think uh, Josko Gavardiol, who we all thought was going to be a yeah. massive signing come the start of the season, hasn't looked confident in his role in that, that Pep team. Then again, many of us have said, you know, a lot of players come into Pep's team and need time to gel. But then the adverse effect of that is Jeremy Doku, who looks like a duck to water yeah. kind of thing in this team. But when you nullify that City midfield, right, without Rodri, without KDB... That City team cannot play. Now, all things considered, no one would have expected Villa to have 22 shots, right? But you have to give credit to Emery. This is what it's been building up to, yeah. and they, they fully deserve their win. Uh, uh, Gigi, um, you've got notes. No, <laughs> By the way, the rest of you, you don't come up with notes. Gigi does. Yeah, yeah but I'm the novice, so I have, oh, to, okay. I have to start from the bottom. I have to st- no, I, I was so excited for this topic because, for me, the defence of Man City was so all over the place. And it's so strange for me because you guys are fans, but I'm a footballer watching and trying to learn off these people. These people are the masters of their trade and I'm watching the Van Dykes and the Stones and thinking, what do they do? Where can I improve my game? And I watched this game. John Stones was, Ruben, were getting turned like nothing. So easily, so easily beaten. Villa looked hungrier. They looked faster. 
it's just so strange. And Sean's saying that he saw it coming and maybe I'm not familiar enough with City's recent form. But I, it was, I was gobsmacked seeing how poor they looked. So you think, you think it was City were poor, not so much Villa were good? Especially defensively, little things like um, there's a thing uh, when you're defending a, an attacker when they're running towards you. If you show too much to one side and the attacker's smart, he goes against your, your closest leg. So basically it, 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 it forces you to lose time as you turn, okay, right? I think I understood. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? So you obviously your, your side on, there's yeah. a left foot, right foot's behind and he'll cut the leg that's closer. You, when you're at that level, Premier League level, you never make that too obvious. I saw Stones do that like four times. A guy who I know is an incredible, he looked, maybe it is ex- exhaustion, maybe it's, I don't know. But then another thing that I wanted to say, because I know you always talk smack about tactics. I never mm-hmm. know. You do, and you say they don't exist, but I they do exist. Because I saw like 20 times Villa do the same thing when the fullback got the uh, got the ball, especially the right fullback, I don't remember his name but every time he got the ball both strikers bombed on long and it sent all the man city defense back that's a plan that's a training ground Mm -hmm. plan so you're either seeing that their line is high seeing that they drop without taking the man but that is a tactic cam yeah okay because you give me you give me a bit of slack for this i I know i I want to stand up for myself it's not that i poo poo the tactics I don't understand the tactics. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. It's, okay, fair enough. it's fair just enough. Uh, men running around a pitch. Okay, fair enough. Uh, Azran, Aston Villa, are they are they real? I mean, are they going to – How do they, uh, one, are they actually contenders? And also, can we write City off now? Okay, writing City off Oof, is no. very dangerous, yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they won the treble, if I can just <laughs> yeah. remind everyone convincingly last year. And we were just talking about it. I think it's the first time we know that City hasn't won the last four games. But in the previous three games, you can say they were a bit unlucky not to win, uh, the high-scoring draws and whatnot. But in this game, they were totally they totally deserve to lose and Villa deserve their win thoroughly, which is surprising because that over the weekend, Villa drew against Bournemouth, which isn't really flying on all, all cylinders mm-hmm. at this point of time, right? So... Again, City, it's it's shocking. For me, yeah. I, I didn't see it. Uh, and like, I think um, Sean was... The only was, person on the planet. Uh, I, he probably <laughs> is the only person on the planet that's not seeing... What we're, again, I, I, I still see City as the favourites to win. Mm-hmm. But at this point of time, it's they haven't won four in a row, which is okay. good news for everyone else. Yeah, Villa, exactly. Villa in third. I mean, what are we looking at now? I think they are in a shot to challenge for the Champions League as much as I would like to oh, give you're, you're credit not... to Steven Gerrard for building the uni, but it's not. It's Unai Emery, all right. It's Unai Emery's job. I mean, he's turned Villa around into really, I mean, challenging the top four this season. That's, we wouldn't say that at the start of the season. I, uh, blind enthusiasm for your club. <laughs> it's, it's all no, Stephen no, Gerrard's hard work. Well, speaking of which, uh, let's talk about Liverpool then. Uh, I tell you, football fans. Um, Sheffield United nil, Liverpool two, and Sheffield United right down the bottom, and Liverpool now in second. Uh, let's not spend too much time on this one, Sean. Before we let us run <laughs> loose on it. Uh, I don't know, Liverpool were, were good. I mean, I mean, it's Chris Wilder's first game back for, for Sheffield. And I don't think it's... A Sheffield United, don't Sheffield let Des hear you. Right, right. Des was here, <laughs> Right, but I don't think, you know, they didn't think they were going to win that game. Mm. They didn't, didn't think they were going to have a chance. But, I mean, 
this game is going to be remembered for two things and I don't think it's going to be remembered for the scoreline or Chris Wilder's return and a bit of a humoristic side no it's going to be remembered for Trent Ar- Alexander-Arnold's I don't know if I can say that on that radio that was so strange yeah. yeah and it's going to be remembered for Klopp being a little bit sensitive at the end of the game in the interview but I so mean, what did he say sorry I didn't I didn't the, catch the, this the, the guy who was interviewing him said something about oh you know uh Everything is going according to plan for you guys. You've been playing well, this, 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 this. And then he hit a nerve when he said, and you guys will be playing at your favorite time at the weekend, at clock. Right. And I think he said which it... Is, which is the early kickoff. Yeah, early kick-off. yeah and I think he said it in tongue-in-cheek and all the kind of thing. And Klopp was just like, oh, it's... It's a, it's, a, it's a good joke to make, yeah, kind of thing. Oh, I was right. like, Steve McManaman is sitting next to them with, uh, what's his, I can't remember who's the other guy. And they look at each other and they're like, oh. <laughs> but I, I mean, on the game, it was it was a formality for me, kind of thing. Yeah, and actually, I, mean, I don't want to dismiss that because he's been getting a little bit tetchy as uh, <laughs> Klopp. Uh, and he's not a guy to stick around for, for forever or, at all. I mean, this is the way his longest one. Asran, are you scared that it, it's, it's all him? signaling that he wants no, to go. No, it's not. No. I think he's taking attention away from the <clears throat> players because it's, it, it is a rebuilding year for Liverpool. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's n- not not argue about that, right? But I think we've gone above expectations. I mean, who would have thought Liverpool already safely qualified into the next round of the Europa League? Mm-hmm. Number two at this point of time, uh, again, depending on how the results go this weekend because obviously Arsenal plays Villa in the top, like a top of the table clash sort of thing. <laughs> uh, Liverpool has a tough, tough fixture away to Crystal Palace but how Liverpool managed to manoeuvre the game against Sheffield United because obviously we know that Sheffield United is at the moment the worst team. Again, I've together with Sean, I think at the start of the season we thought it was going to be Luton mm-hmm. but it's been the other way around. Luton is the best out of the three promoted teams. Sheffield United looks destined for the drop. Yeah. They they just simply defend too, uh, sorry, they, they concede too many goals but but again, it was a tough Wednesday night, cold Wednesday night when they had a new manager as well. Mm-hmm. That that timing was, for Liverpool fans, we were a bit concerned because obviously when the new manager comes in, yeah. different tactics come into play and we know that Chris Wilder likes his team to play slightly more physical and more aggressive on Wednesday night. We've got a couple of injuries uh, with Alisson out, um, Andy Robertson's out for the long term, Matip as well. So, But luckily, I mean, we managed to manoeuvre it. Another game hovers through, obviously, against Palace at a tough, tough ground. Mm. Uh, early kickoff at that. But to be honest, you say luckily, but it, it could have been 7 0. Mm. Salah could have scored a hat trick. True. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. let's, yeah. let's, yeah. let's be sure. honest. I, I, like, yeah. it's, it's a storyline that's going to be going along is, is how is Salah doing as we proceed. But before we get there, Gigi, I want to ask you yes. about uh, Tottenham Hotspur 1, West Ham mm. 2, Spurs, a club that you used to play for, and, uh, and Postacoglu. Um, yes. A manager the coach I used to have. I used to have. And <laughs> yeah. uh, I mean, I think I, I, on record, I've never believed in Ange Postacoglu. I've, I mean, I think it's... Uh, it's uh, wow, look at me. <laughs> you hate that. <laughs> uh, wow, you lied to my face all those days, <laughs> huh? Okay. No, anyway, my point is, though, Ange out, surely. <laughs> no, um, the wheels no. are coming off. No, he, do you not understand how many injuries he has? Yeah, but I don't mean, for, don't forget okay. a winning don't position for four okay, matches in a row, and they still lose. I agree. I agree. Okay, but Ange hasn't had the amount of time that he has recruited the players that play his style. Okay, can we agree on that? Yeah, okay, so that, means, too, that means when you come in with these thirty players and you find twelve that can do the tactic that you want, okay, and then. Van der Veen, Perisic, Madison, Eric Dyer all get injured. Okay. Let's, let's even scratch Dyer out because he, yeah. he's not part of the plan. <laughs> right. But those three, it significantly ruins the tactic. 
Okay. No. The, then Harry Kane goes. Okay. Let's also not forget that. Now, we had a fantastic start. Okay. And everything was going good. But we were so reliant on Madison. Yeah. So reliant on him. And ever since he's gone, if, am I wrong in saying that ever since he's gone, we've lost? That's the uh, four losses, right? Uh, mm-hmm. And Vendervin as well. I right, think and, and Vendervin, right? So the really athletic back line, you can't do that when it's Ben Davies and Eric Dyer or, or you know, or Emerson Royale playing there. You can't do that. He, he has to have the players that fit his style. So before you ange out him, okay, <laughs> I think we need to judge him with uh, once those players are back and the next window. I think the next window is going to be super important. If Daniel Levy gives him the, enough money to pull more players that play his style, I think they're going to be okay. But both goals that Spurs concede yeah. are diabolically Diabolical. stupid defensive errors, mm-hmm. right? And they came out of nowhere, whereas Spurs could have scored another two goals. Richarlison, which, oh. which is another one who I put on that list. Oh, that my. is, I'm sure he's a great guy, but I would love for him to also change <laughs> because Spurs, as much you, yes, you're right. Four times they've lost from a leading uh, position, but they are so close. They are so close to being a consistently good team. Yeah, but, you know, miss as good as a mile, whatever. <laughs> uh, Sean, join, join me on the... <laughs> Please don't. Join me on the Angel. Come on. I mean... You people are too reasonable. You see, I think the, the, since the start of the season, right, I as a United fan have tried not to, to use the whole trope of injuries are a massive problem for a team because you've got to play with what you have mm-hmm. kind of thing, right? Yes, Spurs look a lot better with Madison and the team with Van Der Veen, is it, in mm-hmm. all these guys. But you got to make the best of what you've got. The two mistakes... Th- this was a game they shouldn't have lost. Exactly. Yeah, the two mistakes they made, it's comical. Yeah. Especially the second one, more yeah. than the first one. What, what was going on? Yeah, what was going on? Why is Desley the, the, the back short, yeah, very yeah. short back pass. Short back pass and what's Vicario doing? Who's someone who I think has been one of the best goalkeepers yeah, in the league this season. Agree. Completely agree. It's shocking. But the thing is... Football's about moments, right? There's mm-hmm. going to be moments where you have to, to grasp these kind of opportunities that come along. I've never said Richarlison's been a great striker, but mm. I saw a stat where all the goals he scored this season has been with his head. Yeah, it's all headed. So yeah. <laughs> you would put your money on him scoring the header. Yeah. Doesn't happen. I'm not on the Ange out boat, but I'm saying you got to make do with what you have. And the thing is, these are players who are going to be out for a long period mm. of time. Like Madison's gone till the new year, I think. And if you don't get it right, or as Gigi said earlier, Daniel Levy doesn't give him the money to spend in January significantly to get good players in, I see Spurs slowly dropping down the table. Yeah. It wouldn't be many losses. I think it'd be draws. Yeah. But Cam, sorry but to interrupt you. I just We just spoke before, Man City. And we said Man City are lackluster without Rodri and Kevin De Bruyne. Uh-huh. And they are a multi-billion spending club with the best coach in the world. Yeah. So how is it not justified to say that Ange has lost a huge chunk <laughs> of his tactic yeah. when Madison got out of the squad? Yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm also Pep out, by the way. <laughs> like just, just, to, just to be clear. <laughs> but I want to move to another Merseyside club because I'm Daesh in. Uh, Everton 3, Newcastle United nil. Azran, uh, Newcastle United, hot and, hot and cold. I mean, they... I think injury has taken its toll. Or the 
campaign, the European campaign has also taken its toll in its place. I think as a club, they're not ready yet to compete. Because last year we saw they were good mm-hmm. when they were not playing in Europe. They could focus in the league. Now with the Champions League, and they were competing, by the way. Again, it was, but for a controversial last-minute penalty in Paris, they probably would have gone through. Right, so now they're still. They've got another game next week against Milan, uh, Milan mm-hmm. uh, that they have to win to go through. Uh, so I'm sure some of their mind are in it. Um, yeah, but you think they're more Europe than again losing? Yeah. And mm-hmm. another thing is they've they've lost Nick Pope for a long time. Obviously, that has something to do. I'm sure the back line that has impacted the back line. Mm-hmm. When you lose the most one of the most reliable players in Newcastle's backline for the past couple of seasons then you lose him to uh, and and the backup isn't really someone who's how can I put it well well versed well versed and Dubravka isn't wouldn't play in any of the top five top six teams Mm. so I'm sure it has something to play in the defence mind and Mm. that's what we saw with um, Kieran Trippier making two uncharacteristic mistakes it's the same mistake twice same mistake twice he was like he wasn't sure what to do. The ball was stolen from him and Everton quickly went through and finished it. Also, that sometimes is a tactic, by the way, to press a certain person. Just just let you know when you, when you, are, when you, are, when you ask me okay. about... Well, no, no, because I, I want to ask you. I want to ask you, Gigi, um, if there's one manager in the Premier League that I think you would like playing for, it would be Sean Dyche. Would love it. Yeah? Would love it. As your kind of... Uh, yeah, he's my kind of... Can you imagine Gigi next to Tarkovsky? It's <laughs> <laughs> a lot of yellow cards. <laughs> so what... What? I mean, a 10-point deduction, and within, what, two games, they're out of the relegation zone. What's he doing right? Uh, to put it simply, I'd say he's created camaraderie. Mm-hmm. You need... You need... When you're those, um, let's say, middle-tier Premier League teams and you're competing with the biggest clubs in the world, that's what you need. You need unity. You need everybody fighting for each other. And if if something happens, if injury happens, uh, something in the game goes wrong or you're down or you're up, you need everybody to be unified. And he's created that. I, I remember seeing an interview where he's talking about his fine system and they're all like comical things to bring the team together. These kind of small managerial tricks of the trade, they're so good. And he's cl- he's clearly, what he's done has clearly worked. And the results are coming, and it's, it's awesome. I, 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 you're right. I rate him very highly as a manager. Yeah, yeah. You'd love, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, he is that kind of player, it's Gigi, isn't he? Um, okay. And in a moment, we're going to look at um, another non-crisis club, Manchester United, here on Just for Kicks on BFM 89.9. More football when we come back. Just for Kicks, BFM 89.9. Just for Kicks on BFM 89.9. And we're back with myself, Cam Raslan, Asran Rosain, Giancarlo Galafuco, and a happy Sean Mahotra. It's a rare one. Very rare. <laughs> and because uh, usually you and Keish were just sort of crying. But it's just like Ma- four days ago. <laughs> <laughs> Manchester United 2, Chelsea 1. And I have to say, uh, watching this, I thought Manchester United, best performance I've seen for like, I can't remember how long. <laughs> Um, they've turned the corner. It's, it's solved. Everything's uh, fine. Woo. I mean, the great thing about this performance is. Could it be a one-off? That's that's the question I think every United fan is going to have right now. Because bar none, this was the best performance of the season. I would go as high as saying it was the best performance I've seen under Eric Ten Hag since he's come in. United bossed this game. The scoreline reached 2-1, but Scott McTominay could have had a hat-trick. 
Hoyland could have scored twice. Uh-huh. Anthony could have scored once. And they were running. They were running. Yeah, they were running. And I was that was what I was saying over the... I didn't have enough time to talk about the Newcastle game at the start of the week. But I don't mind if my team loses. And, you know, I, I've seen effort. I've seen them try their best. And they lose. Because as a fan, you want to see your players do their best. Right? Against Newcastle, they showed none of that. No running, no effort, nothing. Against Chelsea... They gave everything. Every one of those players, all those players who've been coming out in the media, all those players who've been under scrutiny. Anthony, for example, who had a really good game okay. on the on the right side. On the left side, Garnacho had Kukurea and Reese James on toast. Mm-hmm. It was so nice to watch. But I don't want to focus too much on United because I know come this weekend when they play Bournemouth, it's a totally different mm-hmm. thing again. I am so sure of that. But the fact that in the media, you don't hear people talking about how Chelsea are under crisis and I, I think United you, yeah, are under no, crisis. I, yeah, people do. Yeah, but <laughs> I think see, so. <laughs> you have a midfield of Enzo Fernandez and Caicedo who cost about two hundred and twenty yeah, million yeah. between them. They got bossed by Amrabat, who literally cost nothing. Yeah, right. And the backline didn't make sense to me. Why is Levi Colwell, who was one of Brighton's best defenders last season, playing as a left back? Yeah, and then Kukurea, who is the natural left back playing at right back, it, I, it, a lot of things baffle me about the Chelsea team, but it's not being brought up now. There are Chelsea fans, or so I, I talked to Myra about this after the United Chelsea game, where I was like, "Is Nkunku the answer?" And you can't just rely on one guy to mm. to change your whole season, right? It's a massive problem, and the thing that's really like sticking out to me right now is a lot of Chelsea fans are pointing the finger at the ownership. Which is the one that I my eyes are just wide open as a right. United fan. I'm yeah. like, oh, man, who spent uh, a billion sh- and a half and like. It's also strange that I, I, they like Ten Hag is always. You feel like we're always talking about him. His head's always on the chopping yeah. block, and then no one's really talking about Pochettino. Yeah, that that is that is true. That you know, is true. Like, just for context, because United have the same points as Spurs at this point, and are three points behind City. I'm not saying it's wow, but I'm saying. Yeah. Crisis. <laughs> no, it it is true. We could find ourselves in a situation at the end of the season where, like, Manchester United have won the league and nobody remembers how it happened. Yeah. <laughs> um, That's not going to happen. No. Yeah. <laughs> is there uh, footballing gods out there, please? Azran, uh, Azran, yep. Chelsea, Chelsea, they had their chances. They can't score. Um, maybe they need, need to buy some more players. I think at this point of time, Pochettino doesn't know his best 11. Mm-hmm. I think it's a mishmash of players being brought in. I mean, the price tag, they've got a bit of a burden or a camel on their back as well, no? I mean, mm-hmm. Caicedo. Imagine Caicedo. When he was at Brighton, he cost next to nothing. Mm-hmm. So he could play without being scrutinised. Now, he's known as a 100 million player. Every single mistake is scrutinised to the level of 100 million. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And again, he's new in the team. They haven't, and he, unfortunately for him, he hasn't played with the same midfield trio or midfield quartet. It's been different players playing every week. And I think this is a major problem. Uh, but when we, I think what Sean mentioned when um, nobody's mentioned about Pochettino getting mm. the job, probably it's because we all probably believe that Chelsea would have learned from their mistake. And their mistake has been about chopping managers three months into the job. Mm-hmm. So I think that's one of the reasons why Pochettino's name hasn't been mentioned. But at the rate they are going... It's not looking like... They play Everton at the weekend. And Ever- just for context, Sean Dyche was at the game where United played Chelsea. And if you talk about a team who really needs a win, who really wants to win, 
it's Everton. Yeah. Yeah. They've been yeah. licking their lips at the yeah. fixture this weekend. Yeah. Uh, Gigi, I want to ask you, I've been wanting to ask you for ages. Uh, as a defender, yep. Maguire, speaking of uh, uh, yeah. an £80 million pound player, I think, <laughs> wasn't he? Uh, under scrutiny, he, he's got this redemption arc thing yeah. happening now. And what what have you thought about Maguire over the, the years? I actually, I think I'm very, very happy with how this story has gone for him. And I, I actually think that um, it's a beautiful example and a blueprint because footballers have a terrible tendency that because we all have massive egos, <laughs> when we get criticised, we want to let our words do the talking, respond back and say, hey, no, I'm this good or no, that person's wrong. Actually, it was the co. Where the best thing in every scenario is just to take it on the chin, work hard, perform better. Mm. Eventually, the tide will sway and they'll be talking about someone else. If your performances are good, then you'll play. I think that in my adult lifetime, Maguire as a defender has been one of the best I've ever seen responding to considering how much slack he copped. He became a meme. Mm -hmm. People who didn't know football knew Maguire. The Ghanaian MP. (laughs) And it became a joke. And every single time he kept his mouth shut and he just kept trying to play, kept trying to play. Then he got binned. Then they said, get rid of him, get rid of him. That was the beginning of the season. Go to West Ham. You're not going to play, blah, 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 blah. And now he's player of November, if I'm yep. right, player of the month. So for me, it's a beautiful arc. It's a beautiful story. But I hope that more footballers learn from this lesson because my idol, Ronaldo, has an incredible legacy and tarnished it with letting his ego get in front of his brain. So for I, me... Yeah, you say it like it's a bit of a surprise. What? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. Whereas if, if Ronaldo just worked really hard, copped it on the chin, came on, scored goals, we all wouldn't be talking about that. So wow. I, I'm, I'm very... I'm almost proud of Maguire for what wow. he's done. Probably that's an example of the price tag weighing in on the show. I think Maguire mm-hmm. is and a victim the of the fact because yeah. he was an eighty million million pound player, and yeah. a lot of people probably disagreed to the fact that he's eighty million pounds. Yeah. Like, if I could add to that, tell me if, if we're running out of time. But when I was at Spurs, we signed Lamella, and we had th- uh, thirty million. He was a record signing. The first session he came in, Carl Walker absolutely snapped him in two and said, "Is that what thirty million gets you?" <laughs> and Lamella was a shell of himself for two years. A price tag takes a very heavy toll on a player. That mm. was thirty million. Imagine eighty million. Yeah, yeah. And damn it, I've done a whole section on Manchester United again. Crisis clubs. We should focus every time. Well, they're not even the crisis club. <laughs> um, okay, we have to take a break, <clears throat> and we still got plenty of matches to go through here on Just for Kicks on BFM eighty nine point nine. More football when we come back. Just for Kicks, BFM 89.9. Just for Kicks on BFM 89.9. And welcome back to part four with myself and Asran and Gigi and Sean. And now, Asran, we're going to talk about uh, some of the clubs which, shamefully, I often ignore. Rude. So we're going to take... It is very rude. So I'm going to take this opportunity to cover these clubs. And um, I want to ask you about Crystal Palace, nil, Bournemouth 2. And I want to... Specifically, talk about Bournemouth. Actually, have I ever said that name this season? Anybody? I don't not think that I've heard of. I, uh, Probably not. I don't think I have. Who, who are 
Bournemouth, what are they? What? What? I don't know. You know what I mean? Yeah, Bournemouth is a club that you never know what you're going to get. Because one week they get beaten 6-1 by City. The following week they beat Newcastle. So it depends on which Bournemouth team turns up. Uh, against Palace, they were solid. Again, Palace, probably if you look at the game, they probably didn't deserve to lose. They were the ones controlling the game, had a number of effort. They were lucky. I think similar to what we saw when Spurs played West Ham. I mean, Spurs just conceded two weird, crazy, diabolical yeah. goals. Similarly, I think it's the same with um, Crystal Palace. Bournemouth absorbed the attack, somehow managed to finish the chances that they had. Uh, again, if the bulk of the possession was Crystal Palace. Uh, we know that it's a tough place to play <laughs> in Croydon. Um, yeah. Uh, so you don't know what to say either. I do not know. Again, when it comes <laughs> to Bournemouth, it depends. So back, they are playing United this weekend. Yeah. It's a, a game that United should win. But we've seen United... Choke and Bournemouth, we've seen them suddenly playing Step out of their skin. Yeah. Yeah. So, Bournemouth, it's, you really can't predict Bournemouth games because one week they play well, one week they just get hammered. Okay, so the, uh, Bournemouth is going to beat Manchester United. That'd be good. That's how I interpret it as yeah, well. That's yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's what I heard. That's what I heard. The yeah. subtitles said that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Gigi, I want to ask you a question which I hope you can answer. Oh. Wolves won Burnley nil. What I want to ask is Burnley came up with this reputation of this um, free-flowing attacking football. And now people are saying uh, that they, Vincent Company needs to be more pragmatic. He needs to park the bus. He needs to defend. Can Have you been in a situation where a manager has changed his spots, has been able to do something completely different, or do they just simply just have to carry on being who they are? Um, I've... I have an example of both. Um, when I was at Spurs, I was there when Village Boas came and he wanted to play a certain way and we sucked. And <laughs> we were like, are we going to change? And we would have like internal meetings in the change room, like should we say something? And he was like, no. And then we were like, bye. So <laughs> that didn't work out for him. But Ooh. then if you talk about my personal experience, lower league team, um, we were. I was at Torquay and... We were trying to play a specific style of football. Uh, I was playing centre back, trying to play out from the back. We, it wasn't working. Got to the last twelve games, we were in the relegation zone. We played four four two, no nonsense. Mm-hmm. We didn't lose the last twelve games, and we saved ourselves from relegation. Same coach. So for me, that's Burnley has to have that realization. That you're I, in, for me, I yeah. I think you should be able to adapt, and the reason is. How can you assume that the same method is going to work at two dramatically different levels? The championship is a great league and I take nothing away from the players there. They are incredible. But the Premier League is the mecca of football. It is the best of the best. It is the only league where all 20-odd teams have incredibly good financial backing. So you have to change. You have to change. Every single team is a monster. Mm. Just like Azran said before, Bournemouth can turn up and destroy you for some reason. And then the next week you've got Everton and they might smoke you. If your style is not working and this is your relatively new manager, I think you have to show flexibility. So GG would be... Like gossiping with the other players and saying, you know, this uh, Vincent Company doesn't know what he's doing. So. <laughs> Probably, yeah. Oh, no. Probably. Um, okay. So y- you're all for changing 
but players, I mean, players can play in a certain way. They can't. Not all players can suddenly play like Brazil, nineteen seventy, or or. Oh, of of course, of course, and I maybe the change rooms that I've been in, maybe my opinion from myself is different. But I think that usually teams, especially one that's just gone through a promotion, you're you're relatively close. We're all good friends. I'm will be able to tell you, hey, the coach wants me to do this thing. I'm not good at it. But that's the thing, though. I think one of the prop, well, one of the Butler fans, they are just a bit perplexed that Vincent Company has chopped and changed quite a bit. Mm. So it's not the same team that's won the championship really by a mile last year. He's, a number of players that he's brought in hasn't really met the desired level or the expectations. They've been losing. So I think there's a bit of a clamour to bring back some of the players who were uh, playing for um, uh, burning the championship last year. Mm. Were they sold or no, he just I mean, dropped some them? were sold. Obviously, okay. some were sold, but some were dropped for the new signings. Oh, okay. That's surprise. All right. Uh, Sean, Brighton 2, Brentford 1. Um, two clubs which, I th- I mean, we've mentioned Brighton a fair bit and they're, they're kind of blowing hot and cold. Brentford... Mm-hmm. Shamefully, have not mentioned, but um, I mean, two two clubs which are very safe. Brighton is presently at eighth. Brentford in eleventh. Uh, they should just be happy. It was you, it was you, wasn't and it? And Brighton is still flying in Europe. It was. By the way, it they're was, still flying in Europe. Azran <laughs> last season was saying Brighton should just be happy with what they've got and let <laughs> Liverpool get the Champions League spot. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, who are who are they? Who are they? I think. I, I said this at the end of last season. I'll stick true to it till the end of this season when it is regards to Brighton. The minute you qualify for Europe, doesn't matter any one of the competitions, right? Champions League, Conference League, or the, the Europa League. That's an added-on fixture to your entire list. Mm-hmm. And it's something that Brighton have never done before. They do not have the squad depth for it to begin with, right? If you took the same 11 players that played their last league game last season and consi- consistently had them play this whole season, you would see them break down. Mm-hmm. I think this is the first time I would say a lot of the signings they brought in this season have not worked out. Mm-hmm. Dahoud, there was so much... I think Kish was here who was, was speaking very highly of him because Dahoud was was a good prospect to play for Brighton. He's hardly played for Brighton since he's joined. Another one, Ansu Fati, where we all thought was mm-hmm. going to you know revitalise his career coming, back, coming to Brighton, has a big injury now yeah. and he's going to be gone for a while. You're relying on Mitoma, Gross, March, Evan Ferguson. And when these guys go injured, a lot of them have been going injured here and there. They've been dropping. You're going to have inconsistencies to happen. This was a grinded out win Mm. where last season we would have been saying Brighton destroyed them them, easily kind of thing. And then you look on the other hand where Brentford, you know, have pretty much a fully fit squad bar not having Ivan Tony, (laughs) right? And they're... They're thereabouts. So when it comes to Brighton, I mean, if we're looking mainly at them, I don't think they're going to hit the heights of last season, mm-hmm. nor do I think they're going to be absolutely horrible and go below, you know, the top half of the table. Okay. Well, I do think they've still done well, though. I yeah, mean, I think they've done well. They've done yeah. fantastically well. They've been able to manage in the Europa League in a tough group. They've got Ajax. Mm-hmm. They've got um, Olympic de Marseille, mm-hmm. who nearly who just missed out on your uh, Champions League qualification. So they've done well to probably come out of that group. Yeah, and uh, this they're, they're eighth now. Uh, mm-hmm. I think they've coped well. Obviously, they've got 
one of the best managers in the league. He's probably on the radar of every single big club. Mm. I I still say the same. I think Brighton's going to end up higher than Chelsea at the end of the season. And oh, for sure. probably De Zerbi is going to be Pochettino's replacement somewhere, <laughs> somehow. <laughs> yeah. And all right, saving the best for last, two clubs also that we haven't mentioned much. Um, <laughs> in fact, this, this match... I even forgot to put on the running order. Luton Town 3, Arsenal 4. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just, my eyes run over Luton Town, whatever. And, it, and even Arsenal, for some reason, they're top of the league. And I, I don't know, I, it, I'm not gripped. GG, am I, I, I mean, it, it was a great match. Uh, uh, it was great. goals, man. It's Seven great goals. goals. That's unreal. I don't know, I can't, I can't understand it. I can't explain it myself. I am not gripped. I... Watched bits of the game and we got into a massive discussion and I would love to hear all your thoughts on it. Is Declan Rice the first major, major signing that has come in, as in in the bracket of the people of like... Uh, 100 million. The, yeah, the 80 to 100 million. Yeah. That's had the quickest uh, effect into his team. Oh, 110%. I don't think there's been any other one that has been able to have that effect straight away. Do you mean in Europe entirely or just the Premier League? Premier League. Premier League, yeah. I, I would say... Declan Rice has been amazing. Yeah. I think for Arsenal, it's probably one of the best signings that they've had on that particular bracket. He's like Steven yeah. Gerrard. Mm. Uh, no, I'm not. In the way that he, he's galvanising, that he's a sort of focal point. I would say like leadership qualities-wise, yeah. yes, but you, Steven Gerrard as a whole, nah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a big shout. Yeah. yeah. But I just, think, I just think all, all credit to him, you know. Um, it, we were speaking about it before and, and I said the example about Lamella, but... Coming in with a big price tag, man, it's a heavy burden. And it, the who's the midfielder for Chelsea? Enzo, Caicedo, and Enzo Fernandez. Two two ones that don't live up to their price tag. And then you mm. have Maguire, and then you have a lot of players. They take their time, and then you see the quality. That okay, that's why. So you what is it, it that Declan Rice does then? I have absolutely no idea. The only thing I can think of is that he didn't change City. He's in his country and he settled into the change room really well. Yeah. That's literally the only simple things I can think of. But what does he do as a player? What's he? But what's he? All of them are good players. Yeah. Yeah. I think he holds the shape of the Arsenal mm-hmm. team. Or else for Shaka, you get one or two of his mad, mad, mad. Suddenly he, he turns mad, right? And gets a red card or suddenly plays out of position. Declan Rice holds the shape. Controls the midfield, allows all the creative players mm-hmm. to just roam free. He allows Odegaard, Saka, mm. Martinelli to just run. Do their thing. Do your thing. Similar to what Sergio Busquets did for Barcelona. Yeah. I think Declan Rice is that sort of player. Mm. He's the pivot. He controls the game. He controls the pace of the game. Allows the others to roam free and play. And coming up with a last-minute winner mm-hmm. at yeah. Kendall Road. I mean, and he appears to be enjoying him. himself, especially yeah. in his celebrations. Yep. Yeah. No Ateta for this weekend. I uh, got a yellow card yeah. for his oh, celebrations. <laughs> bizarre. Very bizarre. Not sure what was going on there. So that brings us to the end. Phew, uh, fortunately, managed to just put Arsenal in there. Um, hey, Arsenal, are they going to win the league? Sean? No. Did you? <laughs> no. Oh. Uh... You, th- you thought I was going to say Arsenal and I'm supporting Spurs? <laughs> no, come on, come on, you're a professional. We always you, you, say City turn up at the second half of the season. So Don't forget. We're still saying City mm, are yeah. going to win. City are favourites. I've got another team row. that I'm, I, I'd rather G- not say at oh, this G- point of time. GG? City. Unfortunately, yeah. Wow. Okay. Okay. I, I still say Aston Villa. I've said it right from the beginning <laughs> of happens, the season. If that happens, <laughs> I'll make it a promise live on air that I'll buy you dinner wherever you want. 
Yeah, no, but I also think Andrew's going to turn it around. Yeah, um, yeah that's my man. Yeah, okay. So uh, we must leave you now. And uh, only reminds me to thank Sean Mahotra. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Hope everyone has a good weekend of football. And I hope, you know, the game later on goes well too. Yeah, yeah. It, starting in two minutes' time. Uh, Malaysia Cup final. Sorry you can't be there, mm. but thankfully you are here. Giancarlo mm. Galafuco. An honor and a pleasure. Thank you very much. And uh, great to have you. And Asran Rosane. Enjoy the weekend, guys. A magical night, hopefully tonight. Let's see. And also, thank you to our producer, Hanif Baharudin, and myself, Cam Rastan. See you next time here on Just for Kicks on BFM 89.9. For more football, tune in Mondays and Fridays at 8pm. Just for kicks on BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.